Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. I hope that you're doing good today. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing fine myself, so I'm just here to encourage you. Uh, God had given me a message in the night watch. You know what the night watch is? The night watch is in the, in the, in the wee hours of the morning when the Holy Spirit just speaks to you and, and give you comfort and give you guidance. And I really do have a, a great message, but I want to say this first. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want to let you know you are not alone. Uh, this message is still part of this, this series about a man after my own heart, talking about David. In the last episode, part two, I spoke about how Saul was anointed king. And now, before we get to David, I know it seems like, but Danny, you keep saying you're gonna tell us about David. But before I get to David, I gotta, now I gotta tell you about Jonathan. And then we'll be able to go back to David when he's first anointed as being king over Israel. You know, the name of this message is, I feel I have no value. This is for the person who feels that they blew it, that they have no value, that they have been forgotten or they've been forsaken. Or no one truly understands them. This is for the person who needs to be uplifted today. I feel like I have no value. That's the title of the message. And it's meant to provoke people to think. One thing I like about doing a podcast is that the title should have such an effect on you, it make you want to click on it. And I want people to say, wow, what is he saying? What is he saying? I feel I have no value. But that's a lie of the enemy, and I've come to prove that that's not true for those who believe that they have no value because that's not uh, what God says in his word. God says a whole bunch of things in his word. You know, and one of the biggest things that you have to know when you feel this way, you have to know who God is. See, the reason why I'm able to take comfort is because I know who God is. I know God is the head of my life. I know that God would never leave me, nor would he never forsake me. When I cry out to him, he hears me. He hears me that clear. Uh, and you have to know that God is real. And, you know, before we start, I want to let you know I'm reading from the New King James Version. I'm also going to be using the uh, English Standard Version for some uh, scriptures. Because... You have to know that God is in control, that God has authority. You have to know that this Jesus that we cry out, that he is the one who came and said that he would do these things. So, just for starters, I'm going to give you a couple of verses. But first we're going to pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for the day, Father. I pray, Father, for the people who feel they have no value, the downtrodden. Father, I pray.
pray that you would bless these people, Father, that you would build them up where they realize, regardless of what they see or hear, that they have a value because you have placed a value on them. I pray, Father, that you give people hope and inspiration. I cry out, especially today, for the homeless, Father. I cry out, Father, for the widows. I cry out for the orphans. I cry out, Father, for people who are incarcerated, people in the hospital, because these are the people who feel that they don't have no value. They feel like the game is all over. They feel forsaken. They feel forgotten. I pray for them, Father. I ask you to bless them. Father, I ask you to bless all your people. I ask you, Father, you get your choice today in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, this message is for those uh, who feel they have no value. That person who feels that they are uh, all alone. That uh, they have no one to uh, share what's going on in their life or someone who really cares enough about them to be there in the midst of their difficulties. So you do have value. And even though you feel like that you don't have no value, you have value, you're precious in God's eyesight. And I want you to know that. And so in Acts 4.12, in the English uh, Standard Version, it says this, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under the heaven given among men which we must be saved and that name is Jesus Christ uh, as believers we believe that Jesus Christ who he is and that there's no salvation in other words the greatest thing about being a believer in Christ is he declares some things to us he doesn't leave us not knowing uh, what his purpose, what his job was on the earth. I want y'all to take courage with that. In, in, in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's a place that Jesus has that no one else has. So, as believers, I want you to know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And you can believe in Jesus. His word testifies of him. His word tells who he, who he is. So, I'm just, we're going to end up getting into Jonathan. But also, we just now get into Jonathan, but we're going to talk about his son, Meshibaphel. We're going to talk about him because he's one of the people who feel that they don't have no value. They're downtrodden. The person in a low status. Understand this. God is with you when you feel that he's not with you the most. Now in Luke 4, 16 verses to 21, it says this. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as it was in his customs. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scrolls of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scrolls and found in the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive 
and recover the sight of the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in his synagogue were filled on him. This is what Jesus did at this moment, because I, because I want y'all to understand that uh, Jesus is the way. In other words, Jesus said that he comes for us, the people that have these problems. He comes for the, the poor, the oppressed, the blind. He comes to give us liberty, and I want to give you liberty today to let you know that you have value. You have more value than you can imagine in your entire imagination. You have value to God. You have so much value to God that he sent his son and had him go to the cross. There's so much value you have. So, you know, I just want y'all to get excited because I'm excited to talk about this. I have no value. But remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and you are not alone. Now, I want to talk about Jonathan, David's friend. David's friend with him who loved him. And what you're going to find out about Jonathan, Jonathan has such a special love for David. Nothing could come between it. Not even the love of his father could make him not want to be with David or do something for David. And this is a remarkable friendship because if Saul was to die Jonathan was the next person in place to become king over Israel but Jonathan believed in his heart that David was God's future king and he wasn't worried about a kingship and I want you to know when I talk about this series about a man after my own heart that David had such a personality, a love and compassion that Jonathan became in awe of him. He became mystified with David because of his conduct. In other words, this was a friendship that couldn't be broken by anyone. That's a, you know, that's a powerful friendship. When your friendship can't be broken by anyone. This is when, this is, this is a God-given friendship. This is a God-given friendship. And we're going to look at Jonathan, then we're going to look at Meshavah, because Meshavah really is the focus, going to be the focus of the message, because he's the one who feels he has no value. He feels downtrodden. He feels that, you know, there's no hope for him. But the devil is a lie because God had a plan for him even before he was born. This is what I want you to see, that God is always in control. Like I said, and the whole reason why I talked about those things earlier, because as believers, we have to know that who we're praying to has power to change, to fix, to heal, to mend. So... I'm reading from the New King, King James Version, and I want you to know that, that I'm reading from the New King James Version, and I will be talking about Jonathan right now. So let's get, 
Let's get started. Let's get into the word of God. Let's see what God has in his word. First Samuel 18. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knitted to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's the very first verse of 1 Samuel 18. That David was his twin, in other words. David was that person that he felt David, heard David, knew that God had something special for David and wasn't jealous of it, able to look beyond himself for David. And this is miraculous because this guy is set to be the next king. The guy that, that he loves like this is God's replacement for the family as king. Let's read that again. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knitted to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. You have to understand, you know, when Saul got rejected by God, uh, when an evil spirit came on him, David would play the heart for him. Now, when you read the scripture in 1 Samuel 16, you'll think that this is uh, David's first time when he confronts you know, Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, that he fronts Goliath and all this stuff. But no, he had already had a relationship with Saul because he was the one that would come and play and comfort him when the evil spirit came upon him. And the reason why that David was able to do this because he was God's heir apparent over Saul. And so Saul didn't let him go back home no more. But because he also defeated Goliath, he would get married into the family. Remember, Saul is the first king over Israel. Israel never had a king before. How can David learn how to be a king but be in the king's house? You see how God orchestrated that? You know, this Goliath thing, and you know, in other words, and Saul giving one of his daughters up. Uh, but God had said that when David was a teenage boy that he was be, be king. And this is how it comes about. And it comes, it comes about with heartache and pain. I just want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And you're not alone. I want you to notice that uh, God is with you. Just as he's with David. One thing that God would never do, God would never give you an assignment and not lead you. God would not lead you. He would not leave you. He's not going to tell you to do something and walk away from you. So let's go on. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Now, we know in the gospel that Samuel anointed David to be king. And what you're seeing, Jonathan may not realize it, but he's passing 
the kingdom over to David when he does this. And if you go back in Genesis, you'll see that Abraham gave his son Joseph a coat of many colors. And as you read about Joseph in Genesis again, when he goes before the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh gives him a change of authority. So now, Jonathan has given David his, his portion without even realizing it. Because he had a friendship with David that couldn't be broken. Let's go on. So David went on wherever Saul sent him, and he behaved wisely. And Saul set over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Now I want you to see this because you got to see it. I want to let you know that when you're serving God, David had such a conduct, a man after God's own heart, that everybody loved him because he was genuine. He was sincere about where he was at in his life. In other words, they had compassion. Because what really happened, I want to let you know this so that you know this. When Goliath came up against Israel, there was no man, including the king of Israel, who would stand up to Goliath. David was a teenage boy when he stood up to Goliath. But I want you to know, it should have been Saul who stood up to Goliath and defeated Goliath. Because he was God's king. And if you read or you listen to one of the podcasts that I had about a man after God's own heart. It says that Saul was head above. He was handsome. He was the biggest man in Israel. And he was a king. They all were scared. But this teenage boy, because he believed in God. See, those scriptures I was reading to you earlier, it's so that you know that God is God. In other words, David was never worried about his life before Goliath. Because he knew that God was ultimately in control. And I want y'all to know this. Because if you notice, then you won't ever waver a teeter in that. And so, let's go. And you know, it said he behaved wisely. Now, this is verse 6 in 1 Samuel 18. Now it happened as they were coming home. When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines. That the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousand and David his ten thousand. Do you know that song was going to be Something that would create so much jealousy and rage in Saul that Saul understood that David would be his replacement. Even though David was behaving wisely, doing all the things the right way, he got an enemy because he was following God's plan, God's protocol. In other words, he wasn't, he never stop loving Saul even when Saul came after him multiple times he loved Saul 
Remember, he played for him when that evil spirit came over him. He was a part of the family. Jonathan loved him. You know, he had relationships tied up into that, investments. So let's go on and see what happens in verse 8. Then Saul was angry, and the sin displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me they have ascribed only 1,000. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forth, from that one song, that one song that these women from all the city were saying, they didn't discredit the king. They understood, you got to understand that the people loved David because when Goliath came up against them, it was David who defeated Goliath. In other words, David was the warrior at that time. They knew that they knew that about David. But Saul was enraged because of this. And so this is going to be the turning point for David for the next 20 years. I want you to know that. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I don't know what you're going through by who I'm speaking to. You have value. I feel like I have no value. You feel like that I don't matter to people. I felt that way. Feel that way. I don't matter. But I have value. God says I have value. This word says that I have value. I want you to know that you have value in that sight of God. Even when you feel that you are so far cast off that people around you don't see you. Remember God sees you. And sometimes, you know, you have to be able to accept the difficult things when it don't go your way. And sometimes you're going to cry about it because it's going to hurt that bad because it didn't go your way. Sometimes it's going to hurt because you're going to know you was the one who did it to make it so it wouldn't go your way. But let me tell you, I don't care how far people cast you off won't have nothing to do with you. God would always have something to do with you. So, you know, you have to better draw your strength. And I, I want you to understand that you draw your strength through the word of God. You know, some nights I have to get up and talk to God because things are pressing against me because I need an answer. I need resolution. So I begin to talk to God in the night watch because I don't understand everything that's going on but God knows the end before the beginning so that's who I should be talking to in that season so I want you to let you know that when you're in that season where you feel like I have no value no one really understands or really cares you know uh, or you feel like the people that you love have forsaken you and that they don't truly understand you, that's fine. But you can find it in God's word. For David to become king, he had to be on a run for a long time. He had to learn who God was in the midst of difficulties. 
And this is how we learn God. We learn God through the course of the midst of difficulties and things that don't work out our way. So let's look on. And it happened, this is verse 10, on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. And he prophesied in his house. So David played music with his hands as other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped from his presence twice. See, that was his, that was going, that was, that was his, his father-in-law. That was his king. That was the person that he loved. The person that he played for when he was in distress. And now he just tried to kill him. Man, that's messed up, man, when you think about it. But David was a man after God's own heart. He never tried to take exact vengeance on Saul for what he'd done. You know what he did? He trusted in God. So I want y'all to know that tonight. Trust in God. Even when it hurts. You know, I know right now there's some people who don't know how they want to eat. Don't have no money. Outlook for the holidays look bleak. Have no one to spend that time with. Uh, just downcast and overcast. At the end of the day, you know, even in the midst of all this heartache and pain that you experience, missing your loved ones, there is hope in God. He would get you through. Don't mean that at that moment the situation changes, but God will get you through that difficult period in your life. Trust in him. Make it be about him. Sell out for him. Praise him when it seemed impossible to praise him. And this is what Job did. Job worshiped God when it seemed impossible. He worshiped and believed in God. He worshiped and believed in God when all failed. You do have value. I feel like I have no value. I feel like I don't matter. Downtrodden. Everything works against me. I don't know what to do, God. How do I, how do I, how do I pick myself up? You know, there's keys to victory in the word of God. And so, you know, I want you to know that there's victory in God's word. And, you know, I just wanted to share that with you, that there's victory in God's word. It's Psalms 147, verse 6. I want you to meditate on this tonight when you feel like that you have no value. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. God will be with you. When you feel that I don't have value, I don't matter to anyone, the Lord lifts up the humble. And then Psalms 74, 21 say, let not the oppressed return dishonor. Let the afflicted and needy praise your name. You see, I was talking about how Job was praising God and lifting God up. This is what we have to be. We have to be able to praise God. We have to be able to lift God up 
in the midst of those circumstances and difficulties. Now we still get the ship effect. We we still get into to the gut of the, the, the gut of this message. Now in Isaiah, this is this is this is a powerful verse for you. And this is Isaiah eleven, chapter eleven, verse four. He will treat the poor fairly and make right decisions for the downtrodden on the earth. He will shake the earth with rod, with the rod of his mouth in order to wicked to be executed. God will lift you up. God will lift you up. And, it, and this is the last one I'll leave. Then we'll get back into David and, and get back to Meshippah. In Isaiah 29, 19, the downtrodden will again rejoice in the Lord. The poor among humankind will take delight in the Holy One of Israel. Keep close to God in the midst of your difficulties and pain. Keep close to God. Don't, 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 don't leave him. And let's go ahead on. Now, I'm a, I'm a, this is what it says. Now, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Humility. Honor. David was a man of honor, a man of humility. He behaved wisely. In other words, he wasn't fronting, you know, like some people say, oh, he, that, he, he fronting, man. You know, that's, that's street, street lingo for you. David wasn't fronting. David was real about his walk and relationship with God. Now, I'm going to show you why David was a man after God's own heart. Because guess what? We just saw what Saul tried to kill him and all this stuff like that. And now we're going to, how, how they say, we're going to accelerate to now David is king. And now he has an opportunity to be what God called him to be or be a revenge taker. Remember like this, never take vengeance into your own hand. Trust God. Don't fight it. Don't fight with people. Some of the worst decisions I've made is just open my mouth because I didn't have the confidence to not say something. Trusting God with everything. You know, this is a, this is a learning this is a learning thing for me and for you and for everyone. In other words, sometimes we have to learn how to be slow to speak. Now we're gonna go to Second Samuel chapter nine and we're gonna talk about Meshibaphel. Now, if you're talking about somebody who's completely down, who can't do nothing for himself, you do have value. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You are not alone. Remember, if you have any prep requests, please send them in so that I can stand in agreement with you and I can pray with you and I can believe that God will lift you up in the midst of your circumstances. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, we're going to look at this thing. We're going to see how David is a man after God's own heart. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness 
for Jonathan's sake. Did you hear that? You remember how I said Jonathan passed that thing on to David? How that friendship was. Even though his father-in-law was trying to kill him for so many years. He says, there anybody left in Saul's house that I can show kindness for the sake of Jonathan? David never forgot about Jonathan. David never forgot about Jonathan. Now, this is remarkable because, see, Jonathan didn't know that when he was sowing those seeds to David, when his father was telling him not to trust David, David would take the kingdom from him. Jonathan didn't even know that he was sowing seeds for his child. What a remarkable God we serve. Okay, now let, let's look at this. Now, David said, is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Zimba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Zimba? David excited because, you know, guess what? He getting ready to say, Jonathan, thank you for believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. See, sometimes you need to have a friend who just will believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. Jonathan knew that David would be king. Let's go on. Then the king said, is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Zimba said to the king, there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? Guess what? You know, when I was standing by, I feel like I have no value. Just understand this. Not only is Meshavah's father dead, but his father who was the king is dead. And now, who's going to take him? He's laying in both feet. You know, in other words, he can't even get around without help. Just think, you know, today we got these electric carts that people can ride. We got, you know, we got wheelchairs and stuff. This, this time, in these days, they didn't have that. You know, in other words, so put yourself in this place. He was downtrodden. And even the place that he lived had a name that represented downtrodden. And Zimba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Himalim in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house. The son of a mill from Lodabar. Now Meshibaphel, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said to Meshibaphel, and he answered, here's your servant. Guess what? See, he's scared because guess what? His granddaddy, his granddaddy wasn't treating David good. So just think, it says that he fell down and lay prostrate. Because guess what? He was looking to be a now leader. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. David was a man after God's own heart. David had nothing but love in him. And this is what we're going to see. I'm going to show it to you. So for all those who feel like they have no value, you have value. Because your world can change when you least suspect that this will happen to Meshavah. His world changes before his own eyes. And he answered, here's your servant. So David says to him, 
do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. I will restore to you all the lands of Saul, your grandfather, and you should eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? He didn't, he didn't have no value. See what I'm saying? I want you to understand. This man had no value. He, you know, he, you know what I'm talking about? This is how he felt. He said, how could you look upon me? Have you ever felt that low like a dog? I have. Talking about, this is, this is, this is, you know, this is how he felt. And let's look at it. I know what it is to feel like this. Then he bowed himself and he said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as that? He didn't say a live dog. He said a dead dog. And this is, this is the grandson of a king. His father was a prince. Do you know he had to be knocked down so far to feel that way? Do you know how low he had to be to say that? I want to let you know how David loved him. David said, hey, you're going to be like one of my sons. Like I was at your father's table. You're going to eat at my table continually. In other words, I got you. You don't have to worry about feeling like you don't have no value or that you're like a dead dog. You have value in the sight of God. You draw your strength in the word of God. I want you to know that. And this, is, and, this is what, and this is what the king did. And the king called to Zimba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's son all that belongs to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in, his, bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Meshivah your master's son, should eat bread at my table always. Now Zimba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Zimba said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king, has commanded his servants, so will I do. See that? Man can't work. But when God want to take care of you, he can take care of you, even in the midst of your disability. Because he's disabled. But he was going to eat at the king's table. Even though they went and got his harvest. He didn't even have to touch his harvest. Because he was going to be like a son of David. And this is what I want to let you know. I don't care how bad you're feeling right now. Your world can change. Continue to keep your eyes on God. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Don't let the difficult day, the difficult nights, the difficult mornings that you have make you lose sight that God is in control. And this is, this is the last part because you're getting ready to close. As for Miss Shiverfelt, said the king, he should eat at my table like one of the king's sons. And Miss Shiverfelt had a young son whose name was Mike. And all who dwelt in the house of Zimba were servants to Miss Shiverfelt. So Meshivah dwelt in Jerusalem, for he continually ate at the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. Let me tell you something. God will take care of you 
It's for those who feel that they've been written on, feel that they have no value. You have value with God. Let's close in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for today, Father. I pray, Father, for those who feel that they have no value, Father. They feel that they have been cast off, that no one really cares, no one really sees them. Thank you for the night watch, Father, because in the night watch, Father, you gave me this word to give to those who feel that way, Father, that greater you that's in them than he that's in the world, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say thanks for listening to the show. I hope that it's a blessing to you. I love you, and I'll be talking to you soon. Have a blessed day in the name of Jesus. Bye-bye.